Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space where we can show up and remember that God is at work in our mess. And I don't know about you, but that's something I need to remind myself like every single day in every aspect of life. And if that's something that you could use too, I am so glad you're here. So if we haven't yet had the chance to meet, my name is Jen Jewell, and I love getting to host this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which is partnered with the women of my church, Life Church, which unleashes a new episode and a fresh perspective into your speakers and your world every other Tuesday. And y'all back with me today as my co-host is one of my dear friends and one of my favorite people, the Amy Groeschel. And guys, we have to tell you, It is so much fun getting to highlight these incredible women and their powerful stories. But if you've been with us for a while, you know, we take it one quote unquote semester at a time. So this will be our last episode before our annual summer break. Yes, it's a little sad, but it's also really good. And I know everyone's schedules are very different, but my kids will be home with me, which I want to make priority while also continuing some part-time work. And maybe it's different from the rest of the year, or maybe it's just more of the same. Y'all, this is the perfect time to catch up on whatever episodes you might've missed. I had someone recently tell me that she was so sad because she had gotten behind and I'm like, summer is coming. So go back, catch up. I can honestly vouch that I have learned something new about God's character and something about myself every single time. So there's your heads up. We love you and we'll miss you, but we'll meet you back here in August. And it's not over yet. We are wrapping up this season with one of the most wise and genuine and faith-filled women around. Carrie McCarty's reputation precedes her, but she's not one to seek the spotlight or draw attention to herself. Instead, she's just one of those women who is loving Jesus and loving God's Word and loving those around her and building community and making disciples everywhere she goes. And just like all of us, there's always a backstory. And it's usually not perfect, and it's definitely not polished, but God is always at work. Proverbs 16, 9 says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And I sense a little bit of sarcasm here. Like, we can attempt to make plans. We can try to have control, but the Lord determines our steps. So as you'll see in Carrie's story, sometimes those inconveniences and interruptions are really more like sacred detours. So if you've ever had things not go your way, but somehow you've still seen God's faithfulness on the other side, you are going to totally relate. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join Amy and me for a chat with Carrie. Well, Amy, it's always fun to host together. You're right. I love this. And our guest today is amazing. Yes, Carrie, we Mm -hmm. are so excited to chat with you. And actually, we just met. So I'm like on the edge of my seat, ready, anticipating all the things. I didn't realize you had just met because Carrie is like a staple of life church. I know. And I told her that I've seen her and like I know who she is. So I feel like I know her, but I'm just meeting her officially. You know what, you guys, as you begin to know Carrie as I've known Carrie, and it's going to be like meeting your long lost friend that you've (laughs) known. So I'm excited. Carrie, welcome. And we want our listeners to know a bit about you. So tell us just the highlights of Carrie, your family, your life, the things that make you Carrie. Yeah. Thank you for having me today. It's very much an honor and privilege to be here with you guys. And I just want to process my life, I guess, with you. 
It's been a long life. <laughs> Seems like I just celebrated my 60th birthday in December. But, yeah, um, you look 39. I thank know. you so much. You're so and gorgeous. And I love your voice. It's like kind of got that like sexy, raspy voice. Uh, <laughs> haven't been told that, but okay. Um, I have been married to my husband, Kevin, for 40 years. Fun fact, I got married in two days. We were engaged to be married in March. We decided in January to get married in two days. So on a Thursday evening, I called my mom and dad and said, hey, do you want to go to a wedding this weekend? And they said, whose? And I said, mine. <laughs> so and, you moved uh, it up. So Yeah, we moved it up. And um, <laughs> it's very spontaneous. And I had no dress. We had no marriage license. We had nothing prepared. Aww. We're going on a ski trip with his family. He's like, let's just get married and they'll be the honeymoon. Okay. I didn't even think. We were young and ignorant at the time, but <laughs> in love, I guess. But yeah, we got married in two days. I didn't have a dress. And so my friend came, brought a dress to me. Didn't know what it looked like. Just bring a white dress. I put it on. Um, he was supposed to get the bouquet for me. He got one out of a flower shop window somewhere oh, and oh. we borrowed it. My mom and I got, you know, got hat shoes and some flowers from my maid of honor whose dress I was wearing. And we went and got married just with our family and friends. So mm. we each had one friend and our family. So I think we had 30 people. It was about 32 below wind chill in January. <laughs> oh, and wow. That's how we started. And then we left the next day to go skiing with all my in-laws, and I'd never skied before. <laughs> so that was already starting off messy right there, you know? So you were just eager. Was, you were ready. I was ready. But you know what? I was like, what I really wanted was the marriage, and that yes. was more important to me than the wedding. So, Which I feel like today can sometimes be the opposite. Like so mm-hmm. many people focus so much on the wedding, and I'm like, I mean, it's a few hours. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, that's love, people. That's, this is love. You're yeah. married. I would recommend for- that, though, because, I mean, that was all so hard because I didn't know him. I mean, from the time I met him and until the time we got married, it was like six months. So it was, you know, a whole, whole But here you thing. are, 40 years into marriage, and you guys have an amazing marriage. Yeah, so. we do. We've been together a long time. We are a team. It's like, it's hard for me when I was looking at these questions, you know, tell me about yourself. Well, it's like, who am I? I had to think about that because mm-hmm. it's like we're one person. And so mm-hmm. you have to separate yourself and what we do is a team effort. So he's the teacher. He's a gifted teacher. And I'm the color commentator. So <laughs> if someone was here teaching, I could throw in the nuggets, you know. But to be here by myself is like, um, I feel a little exposed and no. not sure I know what I'm doing. But I love Jesus. And I knew Jesus at an early age. I was saved when I was seven in a little Baptist church, a hundred-year-old Baptist church that my mom was saved in also, and a little tiny town of 300 people. And didn't have a lot of money, but a strong sense of family. And, you know, we just grew up and I learned a lot of things and things were hard. Sometimes we had a farm, we had pigs, chickens, cows. Mm-hmm. Um, it was small, but there was a lot of hard work. And, but I, we walked to that little church every Sunday. My grandparents lived down the road and we were all, which just was a really close knit family. My dad did not go to church. My mom did, her family did, but my dad didn't. So there was that division early on. And I could see that. I could see the contrast uh-huh. of it's not going to church that makes you a Christian. Sure. Jesus is there. That's why it mm-hmm. saves you. But but you could see who walks with Jesus and who doesn't. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you could see the contrast of that. So Beautiful. I have lots of stories. And God has been very evident in my life as he is in everybody. He's, in ev- yes. he's everywhere. People just see him. Yes. You know? He's mm-hmm. everywhere. Well, I'm glad you've highlighted your marriage as such a significant part of who you are and what you do, uh, what you've been doing. And God has given you and Kevin a beautiful family, mm-hmm. your, your children. Two miraculous kids that were miracles from the Lord, gifts from God, and another story. Hmm. Um, I've homeschooled for 20 years, and wow. we have led home groups for over 40 years. 
our heart and passion is for people and we love Jesus and we want to get people connected. Oh my goodness. That's so much. And it's, we can't wait to dive in. So what's the backstory with you and Kevin? Uh, we met at a radio station, the Christian radio station I was working at, and he came in to do a show and we just connected. He invited me to come to his church. He was a youth director and we got connected then and just grew together. We really, mm-hmm. st- we just both had such a passion for Jesus and um, love to pray together. That was the one thing that was so important to both of us. That was what really got our attention, like I think, foundation. from the beginning. From the beginning. That's beautiful. That's amazing. It sounds just perfect. But I know from already talking to you a little bit that you had some detours before that. Yes. Yes. That first detour I had, I think, was in high school. And I um, was in one little town. I was real invested. My community and family was close by. And then my parents moved to a place 45 minutes away. And that's when I felt the, oh, no, God. I was a cheerleader. Everything was perfect. I had a best friend. And now I'm in this place that is far away and different and distant. But that's when I plugged into a youth group. That's when I started pursuing God more. Mm -hmm. That's when I Mm -hmm. heard the Lord tell me, you're going to marry someone in the ministry. You're going to be a wife and a mom. That's what my heart was. And I knew that as a sophomore in high school. So I only dated people in the ministry. I only, <laughs> uh, which was small, slim pickings. You, know, when you, <laughs> you have 74 people in your class. You know, there's not a whole lot of people to choose from. But, you know, there was a guy there in my youth group and he preached. We started dating and he loved Jesus too. And I really thought I was going to marry him. And we went to college and the first semester broke up and it, it ended. And that was my next, oh no, you know, God, where are you? And I was going to be a wife and a mom and this was all planned out. And now what's the story? And so I was very disillusioned, heartbroken. And that's where God comes in. You know, that's how the light comes in where with all the cracks. You know, that was one more crack in my life. And that's where God started. And um, I went to the city and I knew I wanted to be in the city. So I went to the city and that's where God turned the corner and I got a roommate and uh, a home. And uh, there's a Christian radio station in Oklahoma City at the time. And I turn on the station and I hear, do you need a job? And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> and then I hear this whole thing. And so I drive over to the radio station and I make I have a fill in um, application and got a job at a radio station and met my husband. So uh, there's a whole other story there, but I'm not going to all that detail. <laughs> I was actually dating someone else when I met Kevin. It happens. And, you know, <laughs> but it's happened to all of us. Just looking back on it, I see all the pieces and how God used every bit from the time I was saved at seven to present. I can see mm-hmm. God's tapestry of threads all through my life connecting everything. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. So from the beginning, there were things that weren't in your plans, but you knew he had a plan. God used everything, everything. All the broken pieces make a mosaic. God does something. Be- he makes something beautiful in all of our lives. Nothing is wasted. Hmm. Everything he does is on purpose. You know, we don't see it when we're in it. And that's when we have to zoom out. When you zoom out later on in life, 60 years old, you know, <laughs> you can look back and see all this thing that God did and was doing. Mm-hmm. But when you're in it, it seems very foggy and we're so intense and so close up, we can't tell, but God knows. That's where the trust comes in. That's mm. where we just have to hold on to his hand. He puts us on the path. He walks beside us and he holds our hand. Mm, so powerful. we stay on that path with him. It's powerful. And knowing you, Carrie, I know this was just some of the beginning detours that God had for your journey that now you can zoom out and, and see. Um. So, yeah, with Kevin, I mean, it was great. We had the marriage. We had the connection. But that other part, you know, I had the man, I had the ministry, but the children part didn't come. And so the children part, you know, I wanted to be a wife and a mom. Mm -hmm. And we were married 
for a very long time before we had kids. And in that time, too, Kevin finished school. He was in school. He finished and then started law school. And I thought, wait a minute. That was another wait a minute because it was like, God, I thought I was going to marry someone in the ministry. Mm-hmm. And why is he in law school? You know, mm-hmm. there can't be Christian lawyers. <laughs> but Kevin prayed. We both prayed and God showed him clearly. And he has to show us very clearly because we need signs and wonders. But he literally wrote it in purple in the sky, law school. So Kevin would know that that's the direction. And so we did. We started it. And we were literally on a stage at a Metro church. Because I'm like, is it business or is it ministry? What is mm-hmm. God where we supposed to do? And the, this first guy gets up on stage and he looks at Kevin and he said, you've asked God, is it business or is it ministry? Mm-hmm. And that was another second audible time of, do you need a job? You've asked mm-hmm. God, is it business or is it ministry? I mean, God speaks mm-hmm. audibly to us sometimes so that we can understand. And and he said, it's both. God's going to bless your job to bless your ministry. And so then we mm-hmm. knew, okay, we had God's blessing to mm-hmm. go that direction. Great. So like there's those times that you just don't know and you think it's going to work out. But then you just have to step out, and it's mm-hmm. the next thing and the next thing. And so— Well, and it's like there are things that we think are true or are from God or God's ways. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like what Craig's recent message talked about, that sometimes we have to deconstruct what we think is true mm-hmm. to really lean into the real truth and what God really has for us and what His Word is saying and what He's yes. saying. Because I know sometimes we have, like, great intentions. It's just not accurate. Yes, the way it plays out, the detours— Yes, that are there. These exactly. are clear detours to, mm-hmm. oh, you just imagine it's uh, ministry through a church or through a nonprofit, right. and it looks different. But it's always ministry as believers. We know we yeah. are always ministers. Yes. I feel passionate about that, though. If you're a Christian, you're in ministry. You That's might not right. be in vocational ministry, but you are in ministry every single day. I think you're in more ministry when you're in the world. Yeah, sure. You're, that's where the fish are. You know, mm-hmm. that's yes. not the aquarium we fish from. It's out in the world. You know, the mm-hmm. go to the ocean if you want to yes. fish. Yeah. Well, those in thing. ministry really are helping to equip. Absolutely. I mean, we're all in ministry too, but yes, are helping right. to equip those that are going out into the world because we all can't be all the places Absolutely. every day. But it's both. It's not. I yes. always thought it was the aquarium that we needed to be in, and it was not. You know, God's, <laughs> God's made it both we are in the aquarium and we're bringing fish in from the ocean that's good that's good so you have these wait a minutes what's another wait a minute (laughs) um yeah the wait a minute um kids were the next wait a minute because i thought we're gonna have kids and then we didn't and it was okay in the beginning it's like okay god i know it's just your timing i was saying all the right words and give us the timeline of this so we got married and kevin started law school and it's probably been four or five years and so we're really at this point starting to try Mm -hmm. but he's in law school and that's really hard stressful so we're thinking it's stress and then he gets out of law school we keep trying and trying and then um you know i'm giving it all to the lord but then i decide well you know what i'm gonna do it with or without you god i mean i've waited for a very long Mm -hmm. time now I'm just going to have to take matters into my own hands, I mm-hmm. guess. And so then I sought fertility and went through all different types of things. Long story short, 15 years later, mm. it was 15 years. And also during that time, God had told us, we knew from the very beginning that we were going to have a son. You know, God had given us that word too. And I had the verse First Samuel for this boy. I prayed and as long as he lives, he'll be dedicated to the Lord. Mm. And I had that. Uh, I found that picture and framed, and it was on my wall. Someone, when I graduated from high school, my sweet little neighbor made me a cradle that I had, um, a handmade cradle that I kept, an heirloom, you know, and that one in in that picture was in my nursery. 
and with no child, but you know, oh, I had that for 15 years. years. I was wow. waiting for that boy that God had promised. A cradle, like a little crib. It was big. It was like a nice, it probably would sell for a lot of money if you sold it because it's handmade. Didn't even use nails. So you had a handmade crib, pegs. handmade cradle. Yes. And this and this word from God word on your wall. And for, no baby. For 15 years. Yes. 15. Maybe not 15, but at least 10. Probably when we really started. I had the cradle from the beginning. But yeah. the verse, I'm not sure when God gave me the verse. And then people started having words. You, can, you know, everyone's well-intended, but you just put everything on a shelf and you keep waiting and you keep waiting. I kept trying fertility for a long, you know, long time. Nothing happened. So then one day I get a phone call from my mom. And she said, hey, I, there's a lady that I just talked to. I'd like you to pray for her. They're placing her grandbaby for adoption, and she's really having a hard time. And out of my mouth came, did you tell her about us? And I don't even mm. wasn't even looking to adopt because we at one point had filled out papers and then thought we're not having faith because God told us mm. we're going to have a son. And then we pulled our paperwork back out. And so I don't even know where that came from. And mom said, no, I think they've already found a family. But then that evening, mom called back and said, no, they haven't found a family. She'd like you Mm -hmm. to send a picture and a letter. And that evening after that, the birth mom called me and she said, your mom talked to my mom today and I'd like you to send a picture and a letter. And I said, okay. And then it's like, what do I write? And so I start writing out my life and where are we in our journey? And, And I didn't have a picture. And Kevin picked out a picture that wasn't current. He said, I like this picture. Send this one. My hair was really long. And the next day, two days later, she called and said, I opened your, she was crying. And she said, God showed me what the mom would look like. Mm-hmm. And it was you. It's you. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so that was um, pretty incredible. And then. So um, I might have missed this, but did you stop fertility treatments? I did. Or you never well, started. I did start fertility treatments, but nothing was successful. Okay. And it was all it was so it was unexplained. That's the reason. I mean, yeah. they could find no reason with Kevin or I either oh, one. Okay. It was unexplained infertility. Unexplained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it was explained yeah. later when I look back on it. That was one of my mm-hmm. deserts. And then that's where God takes you to make you dependent on him. Mm-hmm. Because it was like what he did was way more miraculous than what I could have done. So yeah. yeah. The story was more amazing. Obviously, this is your story. Um, I do think that people can seek fertility options with God. Mm -hmm. For you, you felt like it was one or the other. Mm -hmm. But it can't be both and in certain situations. We didn't have the money. So for us, it was a financial thing at the time. It was like, that's one of the things God always has told me for years is what do you have? Mm -hmm. You know, what do you have? And this this is what I work from. What do I have? Because what I have is all I need. You know, God always gives us what we need. But I am... I just want to make that comment. Yeah. I don't think that if you're seeking infertility. Katie's some of her closest friends are here because of infertility treatments. Mm -hmm. And I tried. I did do infertility treatments to a point until Mm -hmm. I got to in vitro. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't do that because I couldn't afford it. But you felt like like personally that you were taking matters into your own hands and not I was taking matters into my own hands. What? So that was, that's was the difference you. when yes. you yeah. have it and God's leading you to do that. That's you know, thumbs up. Right. But I was my heart was bitter and it was mm. I've waited this long and now I'm done and now I'm gonna do it on my own. Uh-huh. Okay. And God's yeah. like, then how does that work for you? Yeah. You know? Yes. I mean, he's so patient and loving and gracious and yes. and knowing all the time the story way better. Yes. So to back up and add something before when I was talking about people giving words to me and, you know, what he's going to look like, the, here's another big thing. It's, it was a huge thing, um, was a date that I got from someone when uh, we were at a church service one night and this lady who's a prayer warrior turned around and said, I hear 
keep hearing June 14th. I don't know what that means, but I know it has something to do with your baby. Really? And I never give words, but she said, I just keep feeling this. Aww. And I just wanted to tell you. And, you know, I added it with the many words I'd already received and said, thank you very much. And I yeah. put it on a shelf. Like Mary, just mm-hmm. yes, pondering those things okay. in your heart. Thank you. And I put it, I had a big shelf with a lot of jars, you know, so I put it up on the shelf and I said, okay. That was before the prophetic presbytery when, when they said, you know, is it God or is it ministry? And it's both. And they went through all kinds oh, of things in our life and told us there were three different men. And one person said, you have a gift. He looked at me and said, you have a gift of hospitality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you guys have had people in your home and you have served and loved people. And God has heard your prayer. He said, he's going to give you a child. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole church was just crazy because it's been, you know, 12 years, 13 years we've been trying. And they're like, yes. And so that September, I thought I'll get pregnant because that'll be June 14th. And then it didn't happen. And then it'll be June 14th. Nothing happened that year either. So I'm like, okay, I guess it's back on the shelf, Lord, and just waiting. But that day I got the phone call from my mom was Cinco de Mayo. I remember that. <laughs> it was on May, May 5th. And that's when the birth mom said, send me the picture and the letter. And I sent the picture and the letter and, hey, this is all for you. And uh, we were crying or whatever. And I said, well, we're going to – she wanted to meet. And I said, let's meet in – we'll be in Texas on Father's Day to see my dad. And we'll get together the Saturday before. And we looked at the calendar. That was June 14th. Mm. And that's when I thought, oh, wow, this is my baby. This is it. This is what we've been waiting for. When you met the birth mom, it was June 14th. Mm-hmm. How beautiful. Yes. And so um, and so you met her. How yes. was that? It was uh, intense. Was she, what was her story? If you can share. If you can't, that's fine. She was um, 19, mm-hmm. not married. You're fine. Mm-hmm. What was so amazing is that the verse I had for Samuel was her verse. Oh, how beautiful. But she was Hannah placing the baby to the Lord, dedicating the baby to the Lord. Mm -hmm. When she was pregnant, they read the entire Bible over her, her over her belly. From Genesis to Revelation, they read out loud over her and prayed over this baby. Who prayed over the baby? The grandparents? Mm -hmm. I mean, her mom read the word. Her mom and dad, yeah. Oh, that's incredible. That so was amazing. Power of grandparents. That yeah. word, June 14th, the day, June 14th, mm-hmm. and then meeting her and then having the same verse. You know, it's like I was praying, God, for this child I prayed and I mm-hmm. longed for. And the verse, you know, it, this was me for so long as a year after year, it was the same. Penaniah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Elk and I would ask? Why aren't you eating? Why are you downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than 10 sons? Kevin actually said that to me one time. I, aren't I enough? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I love you, babe, but you're not, you know, I want to be a mom. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with that deep anguish I felt. But then she was Hannah giving the, the child to the Lord. Mm-hmm. She was dedicating him to the Lord as long as he lived. So we had that read over him when we dedicated him at church. That was mm-hmm. the verse we used. Because mm-hmm. it, it was definitely from God for him. So he was born and you? He was born on July. Were you there? 18th. I had a room at the hospital. Her mom was a newborn nurse. And so I had my mm-hmm. own room. I had a, a ta- you know, the bracelet. I could have him in my room. That was one of the things she asked so me. Great. When we met, she said, I just have three things to ask. Could I keep him with me in the room while I'm at the hospital? Could you keep a baby book for me the first year? 
And could I buy him an outfit? Uh And I said, yes, for all of the things, you know, I asked if she would buy the outfit that he was dedicated in. And that's what she bought. So now did you guys continue to have any form of relationship? Yes, we did. I still do. I still stay connected with her. So this was another cool story. When I met her, I I said, you've carried the baton for nine months and you're going to give me the baton and I'll carry it for 18 years and then I'll give it to him and he'll finish the race. Mm. And so it's beautiful. Fast forward down the road when he turned 18, I was crying and also upset that whole year of I'm going to give him the baton and now he's going to finish on his own. And and the Lord gave me a vision again of a racehorse, this huge thoroughbred with his ears back and the muscles and the squinted eyes getting ready to come out of the gates. And he said, he will finish the race because I am the horse. I was just seeing Kyle running around the track and trying to, you know, sweating and trying to make mm-hmm. it to the end. And that was a whole different race. God's like, he's going to finish the race because mm-hmm. I'm the horse. Mm-hmm. And he's the strength. Yes, he was the strength. He was the one doing it. You Amen. know, Kyle just needed to hold on. When Kyle graduated from college, That's I gave a him word. A, when <laughs> Kyle gave him a, graduated from college, I had a pillow made that said, hold on to the horse. Right. You know, because that is for all of us. Hold on to the horse. God's going to finish what he started in all of us. And God is faithful. So all of, I feel like I've rambled a lot and it's kind of disjointed, but this points of looking back over all that God has done, mm-hmm. are, that's what the Hebrews do. They read right to left. They go from present to past and mm-hmm. they look back over the past over mm-hmm. what God is, has done for them. And they built monuments and I could build monuments looking back over my story. It's like, wow, God did this when I was in high school and then he did this when I first got married and then he did this when I was trying to have kids and I mean, just piles of stones that God is faithful in our lives. And faithful in maybe a different way than you thought. Because it's so interesting how God gave you this desire to be a wife and a mom. But then the timing was different than your timing with the Mm -hmm. husband. And then the timing was way different with your kids. And I think it's so sweet that he gave you these little nuggets and whispers from different people, different Mm -hmm. words from people about like, okay, I feel like this is from the Lord. I feel like this is from the Lord, but I'm not seeing any of this come to fruition. Right. But then in his perfect timing. And I assume that you were able to use that cradle. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Two times. Because then when Kyle was eight, he had a dream he was going to have a little sister. And um, it was so real to him that he came in screaming and yelling, hey, I'm, I had a dream and God said I'm going to have a little sister. Wow. And I, I remember. Said, <laughs> and I said, really? Okay. And at that time, I'm like 45 almost. And Kevin said, did God tell you how you're going to get a little sister? And <laughs> he said, well, I'm just going to pray that God shows you too. And he went to bed. He goes, I'm going to pray that God gives me the same dream again. And he went to bed that night. And he and woke up eight. the next morning. He's eight. And he comes running down the hallway and he goes, I don't think I'm going to have a little sister. I know I'm going to have a little sister because oh. God gave me the exact same dream again. And, wow. then, and then Kevin said, well, I guess someone will have to pick up the phone and call us if that's true. And two weeks later, we had a phone call <laughs> that said, hey, you know, I've got there. We know this girl is pregnant from Life Church. She wants to place the baby and she's looking for parents. And you didn't have anything out that you were looking no, for? No, no one. No, no one even lines. knew about this dream. No learners. Yeah, no, nothing, no paperwork. I wasn't looking. And, so, and it was a baby girl? Like, well, yes. Was she a, a baby infant? She, no, she was not. She was she pregnant. Was, she was pregnant with mm-hmm. a baby girl. I see. So mm-hmm. the do we want to meet with her? So we're like, okay. So we go meet with her, and she decides, yes, we want you to have the baby. So we come back, and I, I sew all of the bedding. I don't even do sew anymore. <laughs> Sewed all the bedding, and we came up with the name. And 
and we decorate all the nursery and put the stroller together and down to the diaper bag. We had everything ready. And then we went to the ultrasound with her, got to see the baby, and it was so exciting. And six weeks before she delivered, she backed out, and she kept the baby. And we undecorated the nursery. And, I mean, the devastation and the – I can't even tell you. And, and for me, it was – I mean, I didn't realize how much I wanted it. You know, for a long time, it was Kyle's dream, and this is what he wanted. Mm -hmm. But then it was like, I really did want a daughter. I really did want All this. All of a sudden, God prepared your heart. The family wasn't there that we mm -hmm. thought. And, and so it was devastating. And Kyle and I were doing school one day, and he came in and said, Mom, he said, do you think – um, we're reading The Purpose Driven Life. He said, do you think God's testing my faith? And I said, he's eight, you know, and yeah. I said, maybe. I said, but you know what? Joseph heard God in dreams, mm -hmm. and his dreams didn't turn out like they thought. And I said, if, again, we put another thing on the shelf. Mm -hmm. You know, if this is from God, then it'll come to pass. And so we just prayed. We held hands and prayed and said, you know, we'll wait. So three months later, we get an email that of a friend in Alaska who was pregnant and miscarried the same time our adoption fell through. And she was undecorated in a, a nursery the same time we were. Mm -hmm. And she thought her heart went out to us. And so she had a friend, her mom had a friend here in Oklahoma whose daughter in Florida was pregnant with a baby and um, wanted to place the baby. And the grandmother was trying to find the home for the baby. So that was a way, already a way better story. We've gone from Alaska to Oklahoma to Florida <laughs> wow. for this child. And so it all fell together. I called the, the birth mom, which was an odd phone call. Hi, just calling about the baby. And, <laughs> um, that was weird, but God just worked all that out. And um, and she said, okay, well, she agreed. We figured out how to get her here. Um, someone had mileage and flew her here. Some other people had a, an OBGYN stepped up and did an ultrasound and took care of her immediately when she got here. And uh, I think Katie was born two weeks after she came. The mom asked me, the, the grandmother asked me, would you be able to take her? How soon? When she said, you know, it would all work out. How soon could you take her? And I said, right now, we have everything down to the diaper bag. I mean, it's all done. And so um, Katie Grace McCarty, Caitlin Grace McCarty, was mm -hmm. born 11-29-2006. And her mm -hmm. name means pure, beautiful blessing. So Wow. I know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that was another cool I was like, oh, my gosh, the dream was fulfilled. No, it wasn't. Like, I know. It's, there, a, it's but a wait, roller coaster. More, but wait, it is more. a roller coaster. And you know what is so awesome? A few years ago, when Katie accepted Christ, it was on June 14th. Really? What? The same Carrie, I day had no idea. again. I was like, I didn't know that that day would be so special twice, yeah. you know, for each of my children. And it's so amazing just to see how God was preparing your heart in some mm -hmm. of these detours, mm -hmm. yes. even though it felt like failure, mm -hmm. failed attempts. Yes. yes. No baby. And oh, this baby. And that's what the grandmother said when we met her. She goes, oh, I think this is the one. This is why you are all prepared for this baby now. And that is so true. With everything God does, He prepares us for yes. those things, and He takes us to the desert to prepare us. I think I was telling yes. you that story about mm -hmm. the shepherd, you know, that in my mind, when I hear the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. Mm -hmm. I shall not want. He leads me besides the waters. He leads me to green pastures. Now, in my, the green pastures, you always think are just need, you know, waist deep grass and flowing and, mm -hmm. you know, bubbling brook and a huge tree and 70 degrees. I mean, it's just perfect. And it's not what the green pastures are. The green pastures in the Holy Land are barren hillsides. That's where they graze their sheep. Mm -hmm. And the rain comes twice a month. The grass grows out of these pieces and the cracks of the rock. And he pulls up a sprig of grass and said, this is the green pasture the shepherd leads you to. And then you go over the hill and you hear his voice and he takes you to the next 
plug of grass, that's your next mm-hmm. green pasture. And that's how my journey's been. It's like, mm-hmm. but you hear his voice and that's what you start learning. That's mm-hmm. what I've started learning over all the years and all the time is that I hear his voice and then I start going to the next and you trust him. Mm-hmm. Kyle trusted God after he got his sister. I mean, within backing up, he got his sister from the time he had his dream. Katie was born before a year was up. So he had his dream in January. She was born in November. So, I mean, that was a faith booster for all of us. Both of my kids were miraculous stories. And that he would use Kyle and her story. They're so close Mm -hmm. because Kyle's like the third parent a lot of times with her. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, he feels responsible for her and feels like God heard his prayer for her. Mm -hmm. Carrie, I love how God prepared. Mm-hmm. He he had you guys as a family prepared to receive your daughter, Katie. And he didn't just physically get you prepared, but he prepared your hearts and prepared your desires mm-hmm. to, to want this Even baby wonder. girl. Yeah. And that's amazing how he works. Um, we're about to shift gears to some other things, but before we do, can you give a word of encouragement and just some final thoughts to this uh, incredible season? Yes. Um, when we thought we were going to have the first little girl, the first adoption, the verse that the Lord gave me, he gave me two. One was Isaiah 42, nine, see the former things have taken place and the new things I declare before they spring into being, I announce them to you. He told us we were excited and we were like, yes, this is going to happen. In Psalm 33, 11, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. And then I wrote that in my journal at the end, God is good. That was on April 16th. And mm-hmm. then on June 25th, just a couple of weeks later, the adoption fell through and my heart was shattered. You know, I read 2 Timothy 1.12. That is why I am suffering as I am, yet I'm not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him for that day. Mm-hmm. In Psalm 115.9.15, O house of McCarty, I put my name in there just for, <laughs> for um, That's good. To make it personal, O house of McCarty, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear him, trust in the Lord. The Lord remembers us, and he will bless us. He will bless the house of McCarty. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. May the Lord increase both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And the last thing was Psalm 112.7. He will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast in the Lord. And that wasn't the last one. There was one more. <laughs> Psalm 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Yeah. And then I signed it again. God is good. Even after I didn't have what I thought God yeah. was going to give me, God is still good and God is still faithful. Mm-hmm. And he's still going to provide the desires of your heart. And he's still going to be there for you and with you and beside you. And mm-hmm. he is going to finish what he started. He will perfect mm-hmm. and bring to fruition what he wants to happen in your life and he knows our desires he knows our heart yeah he made it you know and he will do it it's cool to hear about you trusting him through the devastation like you said even after this had failed and there was this just immense heartbreak i can imagine just still going okay god Mm -hmm. i know that you're faithful through all generations Mm -hmm. um Earlier, you were talking about the desert, and it made me think of Jesus being led into the desert Mm -hmm. before he went into his public ministry. And just what a key part of God's ways, that desert preparing time seems Mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. It's just super interesting. Another thing that I thought was, you talked about Joseph and Mm -hmm. how Joseph's story 
like he was this kind of cocky young thing who knew who thought he knew what things were all about. And then Mm -hmm. he, of course, faced this betrayal and abandonment and things that didn't go as he thought they would, but yet God was still faithful and still provided and also blessed him richly and saved Egypt. Another generation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, the dream was way more fun than it. the reality. It was, right. <laughs> yes. But another connecting piece is that um, like you sometimes had these dreams and words from people and sometimes Joseph did, but then there were also these times of silence mm-hmm. of like, okay, God, I just have to trust you here because I have no idea what you're doing. It reminded me of when Joseph was in prison, you know, or whenever you had these times of silence of like, Lord, I I thought this is what you were doing. But then there's like 15 years of silence. Mm -hmm. But I didn't say between Kyle and Katie were 10 years. Mm -hmm. So 15 years for Kyle and another 10 years before Katie. Yeah. So So people hear this and, you know, you're talking about these kind of prophetic words and these dreams. And it's like, wow, maybe you don't feel like God always speaks to you that way. Mm -hmm. But just to know that there were all these gaps, giant gaps, where there was a lot of faith and trusting. Yes. And that's what grows your faith and trust are the gaps that you don't see when you're in the gap. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't realize it when you're there. But looking back over, you see what made you strong. You see what helped you hear his voice and Mm -hmm. recognize it. And I think all of that, all of those stories and all those pieces that were put together in my life have made me know God at a deeper level and Mm -hmm. love him more intensely. And and my kids, too, you know, I mean, it's like they can't throw in the towel because they know their stories. You know, I mean, they know. Yeah. It's miraculous. Yes. Your story is like a contemporary Bible story before our eyes, Carrie. Let's shift gears now to what you said earlier about the ministry that you guys have, even though you're not leaders in a church or a nonprofit Christian ministry. You and Kevin, your husband, have been ministering all these many years through the ups and downs with your family um, consistently. And I've watched this and been inspired tremendously by it. Mm-hmm. So give us a, a peek and let our listeners also be inspired by this example of what your ministry together has looked like. Mm-hmm. We started with initially our youth group when we first got married. And then while he was in school, we led a group at the beginning and then we attended a group and then kind of got poured into for a while. And then we stepped back out and started doing groups again. But we've done groups now for probably over 35 years. And when you um, say groups, like home small groups, groups, big home groups, groups, home groups, home okay. groups. So like they've been small and big. Groups. They've been small and big. I think right now on our group, maybe we have 63 people. Wow. So it can't, but not, they don't all come at one time. Yeah. But you always just keep inviting more. I love it because there's never mm-hmm. like a closed door of like we have too many because they mm-hmm. know like people come and go, but it's every week, right? Yes. Every weekend. Every Tell week, us what you do. Every week. So on Wednesday nights, we have a home group at 630. Call me if you need a place to go. <laughs> and so um, you're hosting, you're being that exactly. hospitable the person yes. using your we gift. Have ho- we have hosted all this time. Yeah. And we, and people offer to host, but it's just my calling. Oh. I mean, that's she said 35 years, people. <laughs> Yes, it has been. And it's been the best thing we've ever done. It's like what? It's the soul of our week. I mean, that's where we connect. That's where the faith that we have and that we've grown over all these years. You feel like, you know, we should get to share that, too, and encourage people. But, man, we are blown away by all the people God brings to us Mm -hmm. that are um, not people that we would meet. Some people maybe, you know, I mean, just different people than we would be with sometimes and and we're so enriched by who God brings and is it all ages and the stories it is we have from like 20 years old to almost 80 we have oh, wow. um single married divorced widowed 
everyone. Everyone is welcome. That is our group. Mm-hmm. Everyone is welcome. Even if we're full, um, we still invite people because it's like, I'm not going to leave anyone left, have anyone left mm-hmm. out. And um, I guess my gift is hospitality. I guess my other gift is connecting. I don't know if that's a gift, but... Mm. You know, I can I can see people, and I'm a fixer. So if I see things, I just want to connect. You two need to get together. <laughs> yes, and so um, it's just been so incredible. And I felt like you know when I was invited, when Amy invited me to come talk, I thought I don't have a big story. I don't write books. I don't, you know, I don't know. She's too busy. I don't have a big thing doing but, it all. <laughs> but it's like I do. Someone told me that they said, you know, some people write books and some people live them. You know, I mean, some yeah. people you just bring the people and ha- and the people are my stories. You know, you yeah. get to meet all these people and then your stories. You just keep adding chapters and chapters. I just had my 60th birthday and so many people came from my lifetime and decades and decades of people, which tells you how old I am. That's but amazing. but it was just so. It was like that's what heaven's going to look like. Mm-hmm. We're going to look out and see all these relationships that we made 50 years ago. However long we live to present plus all the yeah. extra and it's just oceans of faces of people that you love that love jesus i mean it's, it was amazing and it's beautiful that you're not after the accolades but that you're just living a life of ministry and yes. love and discipleship yes, absolutely i mean and i'm humbled by what god does and i wrote this quote down because it just reminded me of me when i was thinking i don't want to come on this and talk what do i talk about who am i anyway <laughs> but it's uh, we can do we can do no great things only small things with great love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought that is what is true. You yeah. know, that is all, all of us can. And that's my, I get, certainly I'm not here to say what we've done. I mean, God has done this through us and God uses everyone. And whatever you have is all that you need. Mm-hmm. That's what God uses. Mm-hmm. And whatever you have is enough. Every miracle he did in the Bible was with what they had. You're so They right. never had to go someplace so else. Good. It was always, God asked me every day, what do you have? Yeah. And that's what he uses. And that's what's going to be enough. That's such and, a good reminder. Because I think so often we're just like, oh, but if I had this, then I could do that. And yeah, it's just and I, a myth. Right. And I think that you're a living example of just continually offering what you have, especially yourself, your time and you and Kevin making yourselves available to whoever and never just closing that off. And I, I'm guilty of it. I've seen so many of us in the church that are guilty of, you know, us for no more type of mentality. Our group is closed. Mm. We don't have time, but Carrie, I, I've known you now for 23 or so mm-hmm. years, and it doesn't matter who the person is. If they get on your radar, you are available. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just know you're not going <laughs> to share mm-hmm. those things about who you are. So I want our listeners to know because they live as just examples of how I think Christ-like living is. Um not only do you have a Wednesday night, but currently, because I know there's a huge history and we could do episodes on all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but recently you were telling me about like a lot of things throughout the week. Give us just a little highlight of like what Kevin does on these days and what, what we, it all is. We were doing a Bama podcast yeah. meeting on Monday nights. So we had people. That podcast is so fascinating. Yes. That's one of my favorite podcasts. That's one of my resources. Um, but we did that on Monday nights and had a different group. It was Kyle's group, actually, and people that he invited. But we offered to host it. And mm-hmm. so we listened for a while and then joined in. And and so it's been awesome. So that's Monday night. That's fairly new. Um, and also fairly new is a discipleship. We're really, really interested in starting a deeper discipleship program at our campus here in Edmond. And so we're working with the life group leaders and we are life group leader. We're also community leaders. So we work with life group leaders 
And so they came to our house a few weeks ago and we had, I think, 23 people. And we were just really trying to hunker down and start discipleship using um, getting people in the Word and really being disciplined in the Word and having that own, their own walk with God every day. And if that's something I haven't mentioned yet, that is the main thing that mm-hmm. I can say while we're here and while we've done what we've done is because we're intentional with our time with Christ. Every morning, it's like first thing, that's my time with the Lord. And um, and then He kind of gives you your direction for the day. And it's like He's really taking me back to this one day is where I need to live in. What do you have in this one day? And who have I brought to you? What phone call have you gotten? What email did you get? Who walked across your path? Who did you see at church? Who, you know, whatever, wherever you are, we need to be seers because God mm-hmm. is in everywhere mm-hmm. and God has got people to connect. And sometimes it's not for me. Sometimes you're planting the seeds. Sometimes you're watering. Sometimes you get to see the increase. Most of the time you don't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like in all of our t- years of ministry, we've invested in a lot of people. But not always do you get to see how it turned out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But maybe in heaven we'll get to see all those mm-hmm. things. Kevin's had a men's group for over five years. And um, I don't know, probably a hundred different guys have gone through it at some point. But that has become a super strong group. And so some of those guys from the men's group have come to our life group also with their families. And they're also working with the Hope Center. So Monday Monday afternoon, Kevin does the discipleship. And Monday night, we do Bama. And Tuesday morning, he does the Hope Center. And he's really gotten to invest in men's lives. And mm-hmm. they've become friends and part of our life group, too. So mm-hmm. we have some of those guys in our life group and have gotten to know their children and just left went to Dallas this weekend to watch one play in a baseball game. Hmm. And so all these connections that pull us and stretch us in different ways that fulfill us and, and make our lives richer, you know, from the relationships we have. And then Amazing. Wednesday night and then Friday morning. That's what we're doing. So What's far. Friday morning? That's his men's group. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So you say you're really passionate about helping people go deeper in discipleship. Break that down for us. Cause that kind of sounds like a big word. Like what is discipleship? What are you passionate about? What are you teaching people to do? We just started this on Monday nights and, um, it's going to be, um, navigators is what they're using Colossian. I think it's the two seven series mm-hmm. and just gets people in the word and learn. It's a discipline. Mm-hmm. It's just a discipline mm-hmm. to get up and hear God be available to God, listen. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, God's really telling me to listen more than I talk. You know, that's been a transition over the years. But the quieter I am, the more I can hear, you mm-hmm. know. So, so just to be still and listen to Him so and um, and to get in His presence. So every morning, sometimes it's like I pray, of course, and I read, but to sit and listen. And when I read the scriptures and He tells me, He never gives me a scripture that's just for me. When I'm mm-hmm. reading, it's always somebody's face pops up and I send them a text. Somebody, a story pops up and I send an encouragement. But these scriptures from you version, one of mm-hmm. my resources big time, is just I read these plans and then I forward it in a hundred directions, you know, mm-hmm. whoever needs it for that day. And that is the strength. That is where your iPhone plugs in. It's like, you know, <laughs> you can be a phone and then when you plug it in, that's the charge. You know, a, yeah. a phone that's not plugged in isn't going to make phone calls. So that's that time in my chair to hear the Lord and to to be in His presence, that would be my big moving into what I would want people to know, what we want people to know in life group and what we're 
moving into more and more is the awareness of God, his presence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, all the years of I thought ministry should look like this and it should be like that has come into we just need his presence. Mm-hmm. We just need to be with him. We need to see him know you know that I may know you mm-hmm. and know is that I may be intimate with you. Yes. That's what that is our heart and soul for what why we gather people That's because so God is good and we want him to be known. Mm-hmm. We want people to know that their needs can be met. That void that space that everyone has is for him, mm-hmm. you know, and when they can know that, then there's joy. Their joy will be complete. Yeah. Yes. And it's an awesome thing to observe, you know, when mm-hmm. you see people connect. We have one couple that's getting married in August that met in our living room. <gasps> that's so great. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. So you're connecting people to the word, to prayer, to community. And just to each other. And to each other. <laughs> and yeah. clearly to each other. Uh-huh. You and Kevin truly epitomize Hebrews 10, 24 of let us consider how to stir one another to love yeah. and good works, mm-hmm. not neglecting to meet together is the habit of some, mm-hmm. but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day drawing near. Mm-hmm. Yes, the day is approaching. Mm-hmm. That's right. Amen. So good. So. And it sounds like that the groups have kind of shifted over the years, which I think mm-hmm. can be a roadblock for people where they think. Once I commit to this, I need to be a part of it forever. And it sounds like it's probably multiplied and people have come and gone and grown. And again, that discipleship, that multiplication is what we're supposed to do. It's the seeding and the watering and all the things, Mm -hmm. but we don't always get to be, you won't be with everyone forever, but those relationships are. So when we see people, they may have been with us for a little while and they go on, but we get together and it's right back where we started. I mean, that. They're continual. The relationships are continual. And my the word I would have for people that are trying to get connected is consistency. You've got to be consistent. You've got to do it. You've got to spend time with Jesus every day. Because I don't want to walk out into the world without his presence, without his grace. When my dad had cancer and I had to go to those appointments and it was so hard. I'd get up in the morning and say, I can't do this. And he'd say, yes, you can. And, and you know, he'd say, I'm your strength and your shield. And it was not the shield that you held in front of you. It was this shield from the Incredibles. It was a, the whole acrylic shield that went all around you and mm. nothing can get you anywhere. And so that was the grace ball mm-hmm. that I walked in. And then I could go anywhere. I could go to any appointment. I could hear bad mm-hmm. news, good news. Any news, you know, because God was with me and I was in him. What would you say to people who get in a funk and just feel like, oh, I just feel so like stuck or bored or restless in my time with God? What would you encourage them? I would say, look up, lift Mm -hmm. up your eyes. Because a lot of times when we get into those things, we're looking at ourselves or we're looking horizontally. And God says, look vertically, you know, uh, Psalm 121, lift your eyes up to the mountains. Mm -hmm. Where does your help come from? It comes from the maker of heaven and earth. That's That's so good. Um, And also, what do you say to the person that gets kind of in that dry funk in their group? Because you said consistency is key. Mm -hmm. And you've told me recently, Amy, be consistent in the small group and You've had times yes. where the group isn't awesome. Then it's like you wait or you reassess or it's not up to us to hold things together. Mm. You know, it's up to us to just lay it before the Lord. Sometimes God wants things together. Sometimes he wants it different. I mean, we just have to be open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're imperfect and, people. So I yes. do think sometimes we have to persevere yes. through some quirkiness, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes things are messy, you know, sometimes things are messy. And then, but you know, the thing that's been so great of our group and what I love about Craig too, is transparency. Yeah. You know, I mean, we don't get it right a lot of the time, most of the time, maybe, you know, but it's like, we are honest. And I guess if you're open and you're authentic, then you can say, Hey, you know what, this isn't working or 
I said this and I shouldn't have, or I was mm. really in the flesh today. I wasn't hearing the Lord yeah. and just being honest. We know? actually have to be like sandpaper exactly. against each other, which is refining, which, which is, is why we need each which other, which is why we need each other. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. I think, especially in this modern world, maybe post COVID, or I don't know if we can even say we're post COVID yet, but mm. I think sometimes people are like, I don't want to feel that mm-hmm. refining sandpaper. Mm-hmm. And so I'd rather just not. Right. And they are, they just start, they want to be comfortable. And, but you know what? I, my encouragement is, man, it's like that sandpaper and it's that pushing in that grows you deeper in the mm-hmm. Lord. Mm-hmm. All those experiences of people, people are like, yeah, but I'm not comfortable sharing or I don't want to be with people that aren't like me. Mm. It's like, gosh, I, I'm with me all the time. You know, I mean, I love being with someone that's different and pulls me in different directions. And, yeah. and I, I am a learner. I'm a lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. I love learning. I can't learn enough. Mm-hmm. And you can learn from every, every person is a representation of Jesus. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a little piece of him, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you look at people like that, and in the church, a lot of times, you know, it was always us and them. You feel that mentality? Mm. And it's not. It's us and him. We're yes. all the us. Oh, that's good. Yes. All of us are us, you know? And so it's like they are. we are all the same, and God yeah. loves us equally. Carrie, this has been absolutely wonderful. I'm so inspired. Do you have some resources that our listeners would want to know about? Yeah. I um, love the version Bible plans mm-hmm. always, but I love especially Nikki Gumbel's Bible in a Year. Oh, yeah. I've done yes. it a couple of times, but Incredible. I always get so much from that. Um, right now I'm reading Rosario Butterfield's book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key. Mm. And that's really great because it talks about really, she said our home should be an incubator and a hospital to people. Oh, and that's good. what I want our home to be like, open to everyone. She's brilliant. I just got on uh, her radar. Or I, no. Yes. She's, She's an excellent writer. <laughs> I know what you're saying. John Mark Comer, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, because <gasps> yeah. I need to slow down and be in the moments and mm-hmm. see who's in front of me and not be so task oriented. So someone, multiple people just recently <laughs> recommended Garden City to me by him mm. and said it's just amazing. So that's on my radar uh, as well. Yeah, he I love him. I love to listen to him read his own stuff. Uh, Paul David Tripp, New Morning Mercies, because I need it every mm-hmm. morning. Um, that's an excellent. If you're trying to get into the Word and need to have that discipline of consistency, read one of these every day because it's meaty and it will grow you. Um, and the last book I have, um, Francis Frangipan, I Will Be Found by You. Mm-hmm. And I love this book. It's short read and it is very um, intense. I, I just love it. So uh, songs, I have three songs, To the End by Mac Brock, um, that God is faithful to the end. I want mm-hmm. that. That's something that's seared in my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christ be all around me, all sons and daughters. I sang that on my way up here this morning. Yeah. That's my prayer every morning that Christ is all around us and um, and the last is the testimony of my life is the goodness of God by Bethel Music. Yes, the goodness. Awesome. Of God. I'm always looking for inspiring things to add to my playlist. Yes, me too. And you mentioned the Bama podcast as well. Yes. Oh, yes, I did. Bama podcast. And the other thing I wanted to add, I'm glad you said that, was Ray Vanderlyn's that the world may know series. It's a video historical context Ooh. series oh, that's done right in, my in Israel, and it is phenomenal. It is actually the teacher for Marty Solomon from Bama Podcast. Oh, Ray is? is his teacher. Oh, okay. And his is, teacher. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ew, so when you just watch the videos and then you're listening to the podcast, you see what you're talking about. Yeah. It's really incredible. I it, love listening to Marty. And I love how sometimes he'll be like, he'll distinguish like, this is the word of God and this is my opinion on yes, the word of God. Yes. And so, you know, that's helpful. It's very good. It's like a coloring page, a black and white page, and then it comes to color when you see these videos. It's awesome. just incredible. Awesome. So that would 
definitely be. That is actually my number one resource right now is just it feeds our soul. Great. Kevin and I are like, let's just sit down and watch. We'll binge watch videos because there are 16 videos and they're like five to seven sessions. In okay. Each video. That's right up my alley. Studygateway.com. A little plug there. Come you have on. to get a subscription or unless you want to pay a lot of money for all of the videos. But Oh, I see. But it's a good it's a good resource. Okay. Well, unfortunately, we don't have all day. But as we wrap sad. up, would you just leave us with whatever you haven't said that you really want to share a final word of encouragement, advice, just whatever's on your heart that you want to pass along? My final word of encouragement would be to look back on God's faithfulness in your life, to know that He loves you, that He is for you, that He will complete the work He started with you, that He'll never leave you or forsake you, and that He's with you to the end. Mm. And um, the verse I want to leave with you is now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Hold Mm -hmm. on to the horse. Come Mm -hmm. on. So So, good. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so thankful. This was great. Well, friends, We love you and we pray for you and we always enjoy getting to hear how this intentional space has impacted your life. As always, remember that all the resources mentioned are linked in the conversation notes. You can also connect with us on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast and subscribe for free wherever you like to stream. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. And as you head back into your world and into summer, don't forget, yes, life is messy but God is at work in your mess.